Hi, I'm Maggie. Hi, I'm Grace, and this is A Very Bookish Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to A Very Bookish Podcast. We have a very special guest with us this week. We have Alicia Thompson. Hello, Alicia. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? We're doing pretty good. We're good. We're, doing, we're good. We're doing good. We it's, missed an episode last week, so we're kind of we like scratching our heads. We're going into a new schedule, so we just wanted to thank you for coming on to the episode and thank Berkeley for connecting us. Um, so shout out Berkeley Romance for emailing us and letting us have the opportunity to interview you today. Yeah, <laughs> um, thank you for having me. Yes. Yeah. So for some of our listeners who kind of just to jump right into it, um, for some of our listeners who probably haven't heard of you, would you like to introduce yourself of who you are and what you're all about? Sure. Um, so I'm Alicia Thompson and I'm the author of an upcoming rom-com that's going to come out, uh, probably should be out by the time this episode is mm-hmm. available, but yeah. it's coming out uh, right now. We're in the past. So um, <laughs> on August 16th and it's called Love in the Time of Serial Killers. And it's basically about a PhD candidate who's studying true crime and she has to go back to Florida for the summer um, to take care of her late father's house and kind of clean it up and stuff. And while she's there, she, you know, runs into this, you know, very sweet, very spoony guy who's the neighbor to her dad's house. Um, but of course, because Phoebe always is thinking about true crime and just listens to too many podcasts and reads too many books, you know, every single thing he does, she sees as absolutely sus. Um, but of course, you know, they end up falling in love. This is not a spoiler to say it is a romance. There is a happy ending. So don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, and yeah, as far as what I'm all about, um, I'm all about romance for sure. I love reading romance and writing it as well. I'm all about paramour. I'm a super fan, as I put in my bio, um, because that's just how important it is to me. Yeah. And music in general. I just love music. And um, yeah, I just got a kitten like a week and a half ago, and I'm very excited. <laughs> what kind of cat what kind of kitten what like breed of cat I guess you could say I'm not sure she's just a little black cat she's really sweet really cute Mm -hmm. I have several friends actually who have black cats and I've just Mm -hmm. always been very partial Mm -hmm. um so yeah her name is Luna oh that's so cute that's so cute so okay when I first saw the title I was like oh my gosh I'm a true crime like fiend so I listened to like (laughs) all of the like true crime podcasts and I'm the type of person to listen to it to go to sleep so Mm. I'm that weird person that like can sleep to like any talking about somebody getting murdered like I can do that so what kind of made you want to write a book about a woman who is obsessed with true crime falling in love with somebody who she thinks is a serial killer at first yeah um the title actually came to me first so I thought of the title Uh, And then I kind of had been percolating, I think, some of the ideas for a while, but it wasn't until I had that title in my head that it all came together. Mm -hmm. And I wrote the book in August of 2020. So it was kind of like right during the kind of the early months of the pandemic, you know, we were about six months in or so at that point. And um, I think I read an article that was like love in the time of coronavirus or something. And And they were talking about just how difficult it is to like meet people and how can we date if you can only zoom and you can't like Mm -hmm. actually get together with somebody. And I had several friends who were going through that experience, like at that time. And um, I don't know, it just got me kind of thinking about like love in the time of, you know, blank in this case, serial killers, but just trying to learn how to open yourself up and be vulnerable with somebody when there's so much like bad stuff in the 
world, you know, that you can read about. Mm-hmm. And I, I, um, I used to consume a lot of true crime. I still, I still definitely like listen to podcasts and, and watch Netflix documentaries and, and read the books, um, but not as much as I used to. I think partly because of having kids, I think changed my relationship with true crime a little bit. Um, but I feel like if I'm in the headspace for it, then I like, I just find it really fascinating. And I find the genre fascinating, mm-hmm. like not just the crimes themselves, but like how we talk about the crimes. Um, yeah. And that's very much like what Phoebe is all about in the book is like, mm-hmm. that's what she's studying for her dissertation is, you know, how as a culture do we kind of grapple with true crime? Like, how do we write about it? Why do we write about it? Why do we mm-hmm. consume it so much? Um, and I just find that stuff really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, what are some of the like podcasts that you do listen to? Like, I know you said you, you don't listen as often anymore, but what are some of like your top, like true crime podcasts that you do listen to at the moment? Yeah. So my top ones are, um, I listen to a lot of you're wrong about, which is not explicitly a true crime podcast. It's actually mm-hmm. like a podcast about, you know, as the title suggests, like stuff that we got wrong. So they have mm-hmm. episodes about like Terry Schiavo, Monica Lewinsky, Jessica mm-hmm. Simpson, like mm-hmm. all these different episodes, but they do have episodes of true crime where they talk about, for example, um, the DC sniper was a big one that they talked about, mm-hmm. uh, or the OJ Simpson case. And I just think that they are so empathetic and compassionate and nuanced in the way that they talk about it, that I, mm-hmm. I really appreciate, um, the way that those hosts deal with those topics. And then, uh, I love the podcast in the dark that's the one that um, they kind of like every season they go through a different case and they Mm -hmm. dealt with the Jacob Wetterling case for their first season, which was a child. And I'll be honest, Mm -hmm. that was a difficult one to listen to, but it was really good. Like it was just a very well-made podcast. Um, And then the second season was about Curtis flowers, which was this like horrible miscarriage of justice where this black man was um, convicted of convicted several times. Like he's had so many trials um of you know killing these people at this like local like furniture store and it's like when you actually break it down like all the witnesses are completely like just who even knows like if they're making it up or if they think that they saw what they think they saw or but Mm -hmm. the evidence is like terrible um Mm -hmm. and he should not be in prison at all and actually i think that that case recently got overturned um on appeal finally Mm -hmm. anyway that is also one of my favorite podcasts i know sorry i'm Mm -hmm. talking too much about it and then Um uh, one more that I would mention is True Crime Obsessed, which is, um, I think the hosts of that podcast are just like super high energy. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it just, it, it like pumps me up, like when I'm like on my way to work and they're just like, they're really like shouting kind of at each other in a way that's like very fun. And then they also talk about true crime media. So like, for example, mm-hmm. like if there's a, like if there's like an oxygen ch- channel, um, like documentary about Maura Murray, they talk about the documentary. So they talk about the mm-hmm. case but they also mm. talk about the documentary. And again, I find that kind of like looking at the genre itself to be very Got interesting. It. Got mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Wow. I am probably the odd one out in the, the three of us because um, I am not too much of a fan of true crime because my mind just spirals way too much. So oh I yeah. Very, very much like your main character where like if I start, watching or hearing these things I am suspecting everyone mm-hmm. of being a murderer you know and so like I find it very very I, I guess kind of funny because mm-hmm. um we as like women 
we tend to gravitate towards those documentaries, those like podcasts, the, that type of media, you know, for these true crimes, for these serial killers and all of, all, all of this type of gore that goes on in the real world. And, you know, you would think like in, at a different time, guys would be the one to gravitate toward like that type of like hard score and women would kind of shy away from it when in actuality that's not the case like we are looking for this media we are searching for it like my mom watches every single documentary (laughs) that she can get access to it's it's like all the time and I wonder and I ask her like how do you like balance it like are you like do you sleep okay? Do you like wonder about these things? And for her, it's just like, you know, you understand people a little bit more. And I guess that's the insight into it. And my question through that explanation is like, when you were writing your character, did you have, were you taking that piece of curiosity into yourself? Like for her to find out her dissertation and like writing her, her research, and then like suspecting normal people does that mm-hmm. like you know does it reflect yeah I definitely would say that like I've I've gone through um you know stages of that myself for sure and I think I've actually read a lot of great articles that say this so much more eloquently than I can but it's all about like why women in particular do gravitate toward true crime because mm-hmm. you would think like you're saying that if anything like we wouldn't want to read all these stories about times mm-hmm. where a lot of times we are the victims yeah um and but you know there's a lot of research out there about you know finding it empowering or finding it like validating like I, there's a reason why you know i should trust my gut more like when i'm getting those bad feelings like there's you know reasoning behind that um and i just th- i think that there's a lot of reasons why but for me like just one um little example i'll give from the book is uh, there's this book that she talks about reading called Judgment Ridge, which has like, the whole thing is that, you know, if she hears like somebody at the door, like ringing a doorbell or knocking on the door, she just immediately like, it's very tense. Mm -hmm. And I told, that's totally for Mm -hmm. me. Cause like, I read that book when I was a teenager, it really stayed with me. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a niche true crime book. Like even like true crime aficionados don't necessarily like talk about that book all the time. But for me, it was like formative Mm -hmm. because it's like from this one very small example kind of taught me like oh maybe don't answer the door though which of course you know at some point like that's not gonna happen to most people and you shouldn't you know be thinking of that and all that but that's definitely part of like phoebe's paranoia in the book Mm -hmm. yeah i i think phoebe is realistic in the way that women now have to be very cautious when it does Mm -hmm. come to dating because you see these stories of women online going on these dates with people and they end up being murdered and stuff like that so i feel like while yes she kind of takes it to a extreme and becomes paranoid i would say i feel like it's also kind of like that's why women gravitate towards true crime and that's Mm. why we kind of do listen to it because it's like a cautionary tale from like okay this is what we can learn from this is like the red flags that we see in guys and to start trusting our gut when something doesn't feel right. And like, I don't know about you guys, but when I go on dates or I go see people that I don't know, I send my friends my location, the name <laughs> of the person I'm seeing, and I give them like links to like their Facebook page or their Instagram mm-hmm. profile. And I send them everything. I'm like, cause I don't trust people too. I'm paranoid. Mm-hmm. I'm like, 
I don't want to get murdered trying to go get a cat. Like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. When I, when I got my cat, I, I adopted him from a family who needed him to be rehomed. And I sent it to my friend and I was like, if I get murdered, because I'm like out in the middle of the country and at their country like, house. And I'm like, I don't want to get murdered. So this is where I am. This is who I'm meeting. Like, <laughs> at this time, if I don't text you in an hour, I'm probably missing. <laughs> so it's kind of that thing of like, but you see, I'm like spiraling too. Yeah. Meeting somebody, but it's like, I think that's what women in modern day, I mean, women throughout the centuries have had to go through of being overly cautious when it comes to dating, living in the real world. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes Phoebe so attractive is that she kind of is that embodiment of that. Mm. Well, and I also, I, I thought a lot about how, like, to me, if you really think about it, and you almost can't think about it too hard, or, like, you just will never do anything, yeah. but if you really think about it, dating by itself is so vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, you're going to, like, put yourself out there, you're going to, like, post your your best picture that you think makes you look good, and you're going to write your profile in a way that you think, you know, makes, like, kind of sells you, you're selling yourself, and then mm-hmm. you're going to, like, talk to that person and trust that they're not going to send you a dick pic or something. And then you're gonna like meet up with them in person and trust that they're not gonna, I don't know, be really weird or say something very hurtful to you or like stand you up or, and so we're not even getting to like, this guy could murder me. We're just getting to like, like I'm giving this person like a piece of myself and I hope Mm -hmm. that they take care of it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and then, and then as you date, like it just, it it gets even worse because it's like, well, I'm investing so much into you. Yeah. And, you know, I'm trusting that you're worthy of that and that you're going to treat me right and that you're not going to, like, hurt me. You're not going to cheat on me. You're not going to make me feel bad about myself. You're not going to gaslight me, abuse me. And so, again, like, this isn't even getting to the, like, extreme, like, I'm worried that this person's going to slip antifreeze into my champagne when I'm not looking or something. Like, Mm. you know, this isn't even getting into forensic files. And so I felt like that's part of why I thought, like, Phoebe was kind of a fun character to write because it's, like, she just takes a lot of that, like, mistrust and very like being protective of her heart um Mm -hmm. and she puts it under the guise of true crime but really i think Mm -hmm. a lot of it is just her being like protective of herself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh yeah because that would be me i am terrified terrified to meet people in person once like you know because it's something different when you like like dating online it's so different to where you're meeting somebody in person Mm -hmm. and once you see them in person there is no barrier it's just you you don't have that space of like a delayed response because you were away from your phone you know or that you were you know busy doing something else trying to figure out a response to make sure that you are giving the best version of yourself and it's super super scary it it's so terrifying it really is um but now that like how you mentioned like Phoebe is hiding under that guise of like true crime and like you know that fear and mistrust how was it like balancing the true crime aspect of it with the romance of it like where did you find that balance Mm. in writing your story yeah that was actually really difficult um that was probably one of the most difficult things to figure out in the book was just that um, and I, I guess this is like slightly spoiler-ish a little bit, but not really, because like I said, I, for me, it's like, 
I don't mind if you know that it's a romance that's a happily ever after. Yes. I want I want you to know that. We you know need I mean? like, to know that. Right. I, I want you to know there's not an actual serial killer. Nobody is getting murdered. Um, so I feel okay spoiling those those yeah. details for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, one thing I really struggled with is, so she has to kind of think he's a serial killer for some of the book. Mm. And of course, like, even her brother points this out to her where he's like, well, if you actually thought that, like, you'd be calling the police. Like, right. you wouldn't you wouldn't even be engaging with him at all. So, like, we all know that she doesn't actually think that because mm. if she did, she would not be acting the way that she is. Um, but she has to at least, like, have that kind of, like, veil over her of, like, this guy is really sus. I don't trust the thing he's doing. What is he up to? But then at some point, I had to drop it because I need you to trust him as a reader and I need mm-hmm. you to want her to be with him mm-hmm. um and at some point like I, I think I said this to my husband at one point I was like look like there's a market out there for Dexter fanfic but that is not what this is you know what I'm saying so I kind of want at some point to drop some of that so that you can just like get behind the romance yeah and that was that was tricky um but for me a lot of like I kept it going because like she keeps referring to true crime there's still like references mm-hmm. throughout and stuff but mm-hmm. she definitely like starts to slowly trust him you know over the course of the book Mm-hmm. yeah and of course that takes time like with any type of even without like the mm-hmm. true crime aspect that development of the romance that development of trust and like opening yourself up you know it takes a little bit of time so I'm glad that we all know you know this is a romance yeah we are getting happily yes. ever after at as is the staple for this type of genre so clearing out the air we yeah. do know it's a romance. i wouldn't do that to you i promise <laughs> okay okay that's awesome though i i definitely understand that like you that sense of like mistrust and like you know like wondering is this guy really worth it is this guy really like worthy of me opening myself up what fragile pieces that i have left of me that sense of vulnerability is very like you know daunting Mm -hmm. to people who are just like they're gonna hurt me they're not gonna take care of myself they're not gonna take care of my heart the way that I've been taking care of it and that sense of like it's almost like jumping out of a plane like you're up there you know that you're gonna go up like like skydivers they they go up the plane they know that they're gonna do it but it's like that final jump to actually like diving into that romance Mm -hmm. that is like that final leap into it and as readers we have to trust that this guy is you know a good guy otherwise we're not rooting for him we need to root for him a little bit right I think that that's hilarious though well and I think too another factor at least for me this is like something that is definitely a part of myself that I kind of wrote into this character is Mm. there's such a fear of like looking like ridiculous or looking like foolish you know like I I put myself out there you know it's kind of the like the grand gesture that then like doesn't work out like you Mm. feel foolish like I put Mm -hmm. my entire heart on the line and so for Phoebe she's very protective of herself in that way where it's like I'm not going to get caught caring you know I'm not going to get caught being the one who's gonna like reveal all of my vulnerabilities because you know if it doesn't work out which she believes like it's not going to work out because Mm -hmm. that's just you know how my life is going to go um it's almost like I watch a lot of baseball and like Mm -hmm. if you ever see like the uh the hitters like take a really big swing and then they like they drop down to one knee they're like in the dirt they I mean they it looks foolish you're like oh man you really whipped it on that one 
Yeah. But it's like, but you can't, you can't hit the big home runs without swinging like that. You know, you have to, but um, I think that that's part of like Phoebe's thing in the book, you know, is that she, she just, she doesn't want to swing that hard because she doesn't want to get caught like caring that much, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there's the, the offset to that, because like, if you don't, then you're not going to get very far with it. Right. Essentially on base. You're never going to, you know, make it around. So yeah, Mm -hmm. that fear, you need to take that leap forward. And then you kind of have the opposite of the side is Sam, who is, I would kind of say pursuing her. I mean, they they end up falling in love. Like, mm-hmm. let's be honest. But like, so what was the process of writing that the difference between them? And like, how did you develop Sam's character to be the one to show her that, hey, not everybody's going to murder you. Like, you're going <laughs> to be okay. <laughs> like, how did you develop Sam to be what he is? Yeah, I thought of Sam a lot as like a foil to Phoebe. So I, I thought of him a lot in like terms of like opposites to her. Like even mm. even just as simple as like, um, you know, she talks about the true crime stuff and he's into it because he's into her, you know? So mm-hmm. he wants to hear about what she's passionate about and he likes listening to her talk about something that she is really passionate about. But he's also like, I can't take it. Like I can't <laughs> read those books. Like they just, they make me really sad. They make me really scared. And that's not for me. And just things like that, like aspects of his personality, I really kind of, you know, try to make him definitely like a foil for Phoebe, where he's got mm-hmm. a lot of the opposite stuff kind of going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's uh, definitely my mirror, because mm-hmm. I definitely, <laughs> I'm, uh, my mind just keeps spiraling onto these things. So uh, I would definitely relate to him a lot, lot more. <laughs> Yeah. And I, and I love like, um, again, I guess this is like a very tiny spoiler, but I don't know. It's just a moment I really like. Like, there's a moment where he basically reveals that he tried to read this book that she talked about. He was kind of like, I got a chapter in. Like, I, you know, and I love him for trying. Like, I yeah. love that he was like, you're into this. So I'm going to like, give it a whirl and see what I, and he was like, no, I'm sorry. I still can't do it. <laughs> yeah. And as readers, we love the effort. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of, the way you talk about your characters you talk about as their if their own person so when you're writing them do they sort of like take the life of like they're the ones actually writing like you're just like just do my do do my fingers for me are you is that kind of how the writing process is for you is you establish this character and you start to write and then you kind of they take the story in their own direction is that kind of how it happens for you um Yes and no, I guess. It's hard because it's like, so on the one hand, I don't, um, I don't like super outline every single thing, but I do kind Mm -hmm. of outline as I go. So I usually do have a little Mm. bit of an idea for like where I'm going to go next. And in the case of Love and the Time of Serial Killers, it's first person and it's through Phoebe's eyes. So Mm. definitely like Phoebe, you know, I do feel like she drove a lot of the story just because I was kind of like thinking about like, okay, what would she be thinking about? What would she, what would she do next? You know, what would be her next thing? Like if she just finished this thing, what would she naturally kind of do next? And so I did um, think about that, but I, I'm a very like character first kind of writer, I think. And so I do mm-hmm. tend to come up with the characters and then see everything through that lens of like, what would they be about? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. when you're building your characters, what, is kind of like your process like do you start with the name first do you start with like their physical appearance their personality like what is kind of like your building block for a character before you even start writing um a lot of times it's just like different elements kind of come together and sometimes like it, it 
it can be inspired by certain parts. Um, for example, like Phoebe, um, Phoebe Bridger's Punisher album had just come out. It came out in June of 2020. And so I was listening to it like on repeat, mm. like nothing but Phoebe Bridger's all the time. So, I mean, it's not a coincidence that she's <laughs> named Phoebe. Let's just put it that way. Got it. <laughs> um, and then with Sam, with his name, actually, it's funny. I deliberately wanted like a very like kind of plain, just like good, solid, all-American name. Mm. And so I was, I was debating about like, Matt, Chris, Nick, like I was kind of going through all these different names. And then I thought of, um, literally, I thought of like making a son of Sam joke at one point. And I was like, well, for that reason alone, he's got to be Sam because the joke just writes itself <laughs> at that point. Um, right. And I love the name Sam. So I was very pleased about that. But yeah, it, it kind of is like a bunch of different stuff that comes together. And sometimes as you're writing, like characteristics kind of like change or morph a little bit where you're like oh I didn't know this about you yet but now that I'm writing it I do um and I can still honestly be surprised by the characters sometimes like just as an example um one thing Berkeley asked me to put together actually was like uh, a list of their favorite things so like what would Sam's favorite movie be what would you know Phoebe's favorite movie be and I'll be honest, some of those questions were difficult. I was like, Sam, <laughs> like, talk to me. Like, what's your favorite movie, bro? Like, I I don't necessarily do all of that work, like, before I write. So it was kind of Got interesting it. to think about all these different elements. Oh, yeah. So you, That's hard. Even for, like, us being ass as normal. Like, <laughs> right, like, what, right. What's your favorite book? What's the last book that you read? Uh, I yeah. So imagining that for another character that you've created, doubly hard. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> So obviously you wrote a romance book. Like that's why you're here is you wrote a romance book. Um, so kind of when we talk about the relationship between dynamic between Sam and Phoebe, what is kind of as a general aspect, what is kind of your like recipe for a romance book? And like, what are kind of the aspects that you have to, that you as a writer have to have in a book that you think would make it a complete romance book? Mm, that's a great question <laughs> and because of the question i can't help but i'm gonna plug my oh, friend yeah. ruby barrett's yes. the romance recipe I've yes. it up. you can't see it on the podcast but i mean i can't talk about a recipe for romance and not plug that book for a second yes. um so for me a lot of like and this just goes to what i like to read so mm -hmm. what i like to read is i love like a slow building of trust like i love mm -hmm. like the first time that characters kind of open up to each other and tell the other person something that's kind of very personal to them or something that like they just wouldn't share with everybody. That to me is like one of the quintessential moments in a romance is like that mm. kind of moment. Um, I'm also all about like the sexual tension, just like the kind of the chemistry, you know, between the two characters. Um, and I also like in this particular book, because it was uh, first person, I always love like kind of a, a little bit of the mystery around the love interest like what are they thinking about what are they you know like in this scene obviously I can't write it but I often in the scene would kind of try to think about like okay what's going through Sam's head here like what is it that he's thinking and when I read a romance the moments I live for are the moments where like he has an unreadable expression on his face and you're like that's him falling in love I just know it that's exactly what <laughs> yeah. that expression is um I like live for it I underline it every time <laughs> oh yeah those are I mean, like the moments it's so hard because like when you're reading like first person you're just like I just want to get into his head I know and oh so hard I I there are sometimes when like that's what I need like sometimes a dual POV where I'm like 
if I don't know what this man is thinking, I'm done. But then there's also the beauty of first person because you're just like, girl, he likes you. He likes you. And you're just, and you're reading it and you're turning the page. And like (laughs) me, Grace is laughing because I'm the most like oblivious person she knows. So like when it comes to real life, everything, like guys flirting with me, everything just over my head, just soars over my head. I am the most like socially awkward person but then when oh i get to a gosh. book i'm like he's in love with you can't you see he does this it's, this 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 oh yeah we all hilarious. become like forensic analysts you know basically oh like gosh. figuring out all the clues it's like, so hilarious to me because like maggie will like you know as girls do we'll be texting and we'll be talking and then she'll like show me like oh he said this today or so and so said that and then I'm like, okay, so what did you say? Like, that's him giving you like yeah, an opening, yeah. right? To like flirt back, to banter, to something, right? We read all these romance books for a reason. This is your opportunity to use them. And then she sends back the most oblivious left turn of a response. <laughs> and I'm just like, you blew it, Maggie. You blew it. He, he teed up the ball for you and you miss you miss it's just it's it's so funny to me and it's so ironic (laughs) that that's her same reaction when she's reading books like if he if he had done it in a book she would have been like oh he's in love but if he does it to her face she's like i don't know what what he just wanted to you know borrow this thing for me yeah he he just like asked me what my favorite coffee order was just randomly it wasn't like, yeah no yeah totally not like come on yeah he was taking I mean, a weird survey about what my week plans were i don't know why yeah. he was doing that, you know <laughs> he was definitely not asking if i was free to go out with him definitely right not. well oh. it's so funny so let me tell you the story about how i met my now husband yes. um where we were so i met him when i was probably like 15 or 16 but um we didn't start dating until i was like all, actually the day before i turned 18 um to be technical about it and so uh but it's funny because how i met him is i would go to this local record shop that was like a punk record store and they had you know these like really tiny little local punk bands would play there yeah. and he was a guitarist in a punk band which Ooh. honestly i mean like crap yeah. right right yeah um I mean I'm just saying I was really living my YA novel dreams at that point oh yeah anyway and he would come over and he would he would talk to me and I remember like he would he would say things like like I think I mentioned at one point that I like always want to learn to play guitar and he was like oh I could teach you I've taught people to play guitar before or like another time like I mentioned that I was like I had gone to like this other record store and I bought some CDs and he was like oh what CDs did you buy and we were like chatting about the CDs another time I said he was having he was gonna have a show like somewhere else he was like, oh, are you going to make it out? And I was like, no, probably not, you know, because my mom still gave me rides to, to like all these places. I was like, I don't, I doubt she'd give me a ride all the way to Tampa. And he was like, oh, well, let me give you my number. Like, you can give me a call. Like, and you know, like I give you a ride. Literally every single time, all of these things, I was just kind of like, like, I thought, A, he's just like a really nice person. He's just the kind of person, like this guy would just go out of his way for anyone. And B, I just thought like, I don't, if anything, I was like, why is he always like annoying me? Why is he always talking to me? <laughs> Um, and it's funny because yeah only later when we actually started talking and you know actually got together and stuff was he kind of like I was flirting the whole time <laughs> like how how could you not have seen that like I offered to teach you guitar I gave you my number like yeah I didn't see it yeah you're I'm, over here thinking like yeah he's the nicest guy in the world he does right. that for anybody and I'm then like, to everyone else he's like 
I'm like, oh this guy's God, just giving out free guy. guitar lessons to every single person. Like, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's I literally tell Grace, like, I'm the most, like, socially unaware person when it comes to that kind of stuff, just because, like, I read romance, so I, like, expect, like, I expect to be, like, wowed and stuff a little bit. My standards <laughs> yeah. have been raised, okay? The bar is set very high now because of romance books. But all we're but... doing is writing the bar that should be there. You know yes, what I'm saying? It is exactly. raised to the right level. Like, that's it's the like, way the bar should be. It's honestly the bare minimum, but right, um, right. It's so funny because like, <laughs> I have to have like in real life. I I I will take these things and I'll tell Grace them, and I'm like, but he's just being friendly. He's just being a friend. Like this is just him being a friend, and she'll be like, no, I would have had him wrapped around my fingers three <laughs> months ago, and I'm like, but he's just being a friend, just because like. I don't know. The aspect I think of romance books is that no, like, no, no, that no. kind of stuff. You, you want to know an instant? You want to know? Listen, listen. This is an instant where I knew that he felt something deep for her. Mm. Number one instant. He knows that she's an avid reader, right? He built her bookcases. He built one. He built Maggie. One. Maggie, that is like a proposal. <laughs> That is Thank like he got you. down on one knee. Thank you. This is like a year ago. This is like a year ago. Yeah, a year ago. Okay, number two. He offered to read a romance book about guys who make their own romance book club. I don't know if you heard like the, oh, the romance I love book it. club. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm in love with that book. He offered, it, he started reading it so that he could come onto the podcast because he knew how much she loved making this podcast. Maggie! This, I'm sorry. <laughs> you gotta put a ring on it. Like this is... Dude, I like... It was it was really awkward because like the other day like I so he was over, and he probably is gonna if he ever listens to this he's gonna know. Um, oh, he, he probably <laughs> knows. He was just waiting for you to make a move. Anyway, so I, I I I received a book in the mail and I was like, oh, I had it out, and he made this joke of like he wanted to make like content, and he was like, oh my gosh, this is the content that you can make, and stuff, and I was like. It would be great if, like, you pulled a book off of my bookshelf and just read a scene from it, and I could do, like, TikToks about it. And so I kind of was playing around, and I, like, opened the book, and it was, like, the first line I read was, like, I've had a crush on you for forever. And he goes, yeah, I know. And I, oh. and I just kept reading. <laughs> because, like, <laughs> I'm so oblivious to this stuff that, like, I need him to tell me like, hey, I like you. Like just straight up, just tell me, hey, I like you. Cause if anything else, I'm just gonna think we're friends. Cause yeah. I'm just like, you don't like me. Like you haven't told me. So it just goes all over my head. Can you can you imagine <laughs> if this was like a character you're reading in a book, how irritated the book would have been I, blown be out the window. I would be screaming. I would be so frustrated. And it's so hilarious to me. So what you need to do is you need to send him the podcast link to this episode. Give <laughs> yeah. him, you know what? Honestly, make it easy on him. Give him the timestamp. Like tell him like start listening at this section. And then after he listens, just say, what are your thoughts on yeah. that? Like, do you have anything to say to me? Hmm. <laughs> or you could also just make the first move yourself is another yeah. option. 
Well, See, I, I, I actually have a question for that. Who made the first move finally between you and your husband? That is actually a topic of some debate, oh. to be honest. Oh. Because, so I did use his phone number and I called him. And okay. I similarly had, I had created a very um, convoluted story. It was one of those classic, like it was real, but also not real because I was just using an excuse to call. Yeah. And I left a message on his answering machine that was basically like, yeah, you know, my brother's going to be in town and he really likes punk music. And so let me know when your band is playing because I'd like to, you know, take him out to see a show of yours. Um, anyway, it's all chill. You know, it's just, I mean, it's just about the concert. I don't care about anything else. It's just about the show for my brother, you know, but, but yeah, here's my number. Give me a call back. And he did not call me for three months. What? Three no. months he did not call. No, 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 no. What? And he said that it was because he was very intimidated. He was too intimidated. And I was like, whatever. Um, but obviously we ended up, you know, working it all out. But yeah. So so I say I kind of made the first move because I'm the one who put the answer machine message on. But truly, yeah. like, if he had never called me back, then I guess like we wouldn't be here to this day and my kids would not exist. So good for them <laughs> that he yeah. that he got over himself and called me back. Mm-hmm. Three mm-hmm. months. Wow. Three that's, months. Yeah. And here's nice. another here's another place where I'm very oblivious, I guess, because he fed me some line at the time about like, you know, the answer machine tape, like it was, I don't know, it was some whole thing about like, you know, he just got the message somehow. And I'm apparently just a fool because I was like, oh, okay, like, all right, like, well, whatever. And then later, again, later, he said very casually, it was kind of like, I mean, yeah, that was shit. And I was like, wait, what? He was like, and I mean, this is like two, two, three years later, like we're like solidly dating by this point. He's kind of like, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, like you didn't buy that. I knew you wouldn't buy it. And I was like, no, I bought it. I like 100% bought it. <laughs> That's me. I'm that gullible. I'm yeah. that reality. Where... He was like, he was listening to that voicemail, like on repeat every single day for those past like three months. Like, <laughs> I got to call her back. I'm going to do it today. I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. He was just Tomorrow. staring at his X-Files poster, thinking about Fox and Scully and how, you know, he could have that too if he called <laughs> it back. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, I'm at the point now where with him, I have like wanted to date him, but I'm at the point now where I'm just kind of like. I guess I kind of missed my opportunity and emotionally I'm just kind of like mm. now it's going to be his turn to be like full-on pining and <laughs> and then like totally well oblivious. and again like you know if we can bring it back to kind of what we talked about earlier I think you gotta take your swing you know what I'm saying? Oh, don't don't, em- don't emotionally check out don't emotionally yeah. be like well never mind like take your swing I should know. I I'll send him the podcast know. episode send him the podcast episode yeah and With just so you know if you're listening to this now sir um I was always rooting for you I was number one back there I was rooting for you guys so uh yeah <laughs> fingers crossed that this turns out good and my cat yeah. loves him my cat fucking loves him and I'm annoyed because I was like, I was, I was hoping, I was like, if my cat hates him, then it's okay for me to like not go through with this. But my cat loves him. And I'm just like, crap. So <laughs> what I'm hearing are the glaring red flags of he built you a bookcase. He read Bromance Book Club for you. He is willing to be on your TikToks. Your cat loves him. I mean, 
Yeah, He's, no, okay. I, no, that's I, I full don't, stop, I don't, right? No, totally. I don't blame you for keeping your distance. Like, man, yeah. like just glaring I mean, red flags. Yeah, I think the totally. biggest red flag was he said he was willing to build me a PC. Um, that was like the biggest red flag where I think my heart fluttered. I got those like <laughs> I've been watching Love Island, so I like to say fanny flutters. <laughs> 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 but yeah that was like the biggest red flag for me where i was like uh i don't know because i've never had a guy say he would want to build me a pc because i've been talking about it and he's like just get all the parts and i'll build it for you and i was like look let me tell you this and this is a lesson i learned from new girl i forgot what season if a man builds you any mm. furniture it implies that one day he will use that furniture with you I loved that episode. That was like one of the best episodes. It was by the the way. one of the best episodes where Nick like, Miller is basically like, I can't just like be your boyfriend, Jess. But then you know, yeah, and can't then, be. It turns out, you know, right. he, he he still did it, and in the future, he ends up using it too. So it just works out. It means that they're planning to be around for the long term. Mm. Okay, That's that doesn't click in my head. I'm so like just neurodivergent that I'm just like like there's and, a wall and, like and a this kind of wall. goes it goes into like how all romance readers are like we're so in love with love mm -hmm. we love mm -hmm. it so much we get giddy every single time we read all of these romance books and we love it so much and yet when it comes to possibly taking that step in real life we're just like I don't know if it's really all that it's meant to be. Well, it's I think that's, be, I know? think that's what romance like honestly offers is it's such a mm -hmm. safe, like warm space. Cause it's mm -hmm. like, you know, this couple is going to like, they're going to go through it. They're going to yeah. maybe have a third act breakup or they're going to, you know, have miscommunication or whatever. But like at the end of the day, you know, everything is going to be right with them. And that's just such a comforting thing. Oh Yeah. Because that anxiety of not knowing if it's going to last, if it's going to go the distance is so terrifying. And mm -hmm. yet that's why romance books, it's like a must to be in that genre that it has a happily ever after at the last page. Mm -hmm. That couple ends up getting together. Otherwise, it's not a romance. Otherwise, it's women's fiction or, you know, some other type of genre it's specifically romance when we get that happily ever after when we get that like finally like they kissed and they rode off into the sunset and you know as how often we actually see it in real life it doesn't really balance out with all of the romance books but it's just that security mm -hmm. that it's gonna happen you know we have all this anxiety throughout the book and we're like, are they going to get together? No, he's not listening. She's not telling him what he needs to know. And then they finally find a way to communicate. And then they finally get together. And it's okay. That anxiety comes down. You finally mm -hmm. get off the ride. And you're back home to like this happily ever after. This like stable place. When in reality, that's not always the case. It's very up and down and you don't know. And there's yeah. questioning yourself. And, you know, romance readers, I think if we took the lessons of like the actual communication and the actual developing of relationships, it helps a little bit. The courage, though, that 
comes from ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't you can't just read about it because at some point you know that the risk is higher when it's like an actual like real life situation. Definitely, it's 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 completely different when it's coming from your own self. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we we all have to be somehow like your your husband. You know, some three months later, six months later, however long after, right. you finally have to call back. Right. You know, so it just it takes time takes courage maybe not all of us are there yet me particularly and maggie (laughs) but um okay in my defense i literally had a guy dm me and said he was interested in getting to know me and so that's the kind of like thing i i i expect where like you want to get to know me you're interested in me you gotta tell me because otherwise it's just gonna go we need blunt I need I need somebody to be just blunt with me. That's what I need. Be like, hey, I like you. I you definitely. I'll tell you this: if a guy in like a romance book like straight up said that, you'd be like, ew, no. (laughs) Where's the build up? Where's the chemistry? Where's the tension? I need a little more build up. I remember um, in high school, I wrote this uh, like what was going to be like a Harlequin romance novel because I was reading a lot Mm -hmm. of those at the time, Mm -hmm. and I remember I gave it to a friend to read. And she wasn't like a big romance reader. So she was reading through it. And when she was done, she was like, okay, so Alicia, I'm just trying to make sure I'm clear. So like, she really likes him, right? And I'm like, well, yeah, she's attracted to him. You know, she's intrigued by him. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, and he really likes her. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, he thinks she's really cute and he wants to get to know her and yeah. And she's like, so why aren't they just like going for a drink and like getting to know each other? And I was like, well, because then there wouldn't be any story, you know, but it's so true. Like in real life, we kind of would love it to just be that like direct, you know, but in the book, you've got to add all these extra twists and turns. I mean, I love tension. I love tension in a romance book. And I love, I do love that secondhand embarrassment where I'm like, he likes you. It's so obvious, especially when you have dual POV and you see his POV and how obsessed he is. And you're like, he's in love with you. And she's just as as oblivious as I am. But then in my real life, I'm like, no, you got to straight up tell me because I'm just as oblivious but I'm never going to think it. So you got to be yeah. straight up with me. Like, Hey, I like you. I don't yeah. care if you don't like me back. Let's talk and get to know each other more. Like that's what I need. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I feel like that's why at the end of the day, even though it took him three months and I technically called first, I do probably have to give the credit to my husband for making the first move just because in that era, in that era of my life, I don't think I had it in me to be the one who would ever like, say openly like hey do you want to go out sometime or hey I'm interested in you hey I like you like I don't think I had it in me to do that you know that's me right now (laughs) and so yeah like I mean we we were talking on the phone for a long time before he like asked me out and if he hadn't asked me out I just would have talked to him on the phone for years and been like this is my best phone buddy I guess you know and like not ever thought to like make it you know the next level that's cute that's, awesome. that's so cute that's i'm jealous that. i'm so jealous that I he like that. did that that's so cute you could you could have that you could have that if you just let your man listen to this podcast like this is what i want no i'm gonna speak into existence this is what i want so i'm gonna come on your podcast next year to talk about my next book i'm inviting yeah. myself 
And yes, there's yes. going to be an update on this whole situation. And you know what? If the relationship works out or it doesn't work out, that's that's whatever. But we are at least going to see that it was allowed to be a relationship. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That it was given a chance. I'll give it like a week or two after the podcast episode comes out. And then I'll ask him, hey, have you listened to my podcast? And if he says no, I'll send it to him. And I'm going to be very displeased if I see <laughs> that this podcast episode has just been like, it just disappeared. Like yeah. if all of a sudden, because this is what I'm worried about is I'm going to get an email that says, hey, so sorry, but due to some technical difficulties, we couldn't release your episode. And I am going to know so well that that was because you buried the evidence. That okay. is what happened. I'm swearing here. Because she doesn't want it to be. Right, there. right. So I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to buy it. If you claim technical difficulties, if you, like, I'm not going to buy it. I'm pledging here now, Girl Scout honor code, like, honoring my Girl Scout tributes. Like, I, if there is technical difficulties, it is not on me. <laughs> I swear I will air this episode and at least I'll, I'll give it a week. I'll give it a week and a week from the episode launch date. I will text if, him. And if ask you don't him. air it, I will post my transcript of my, my rememberings of the event. It will be held for posterity. But the thing is that like, I, what I'm nervous about is that he, he's technically seeing someone right now. And I don't oh. want to like step on people's toes. <laughs> right? This is new information. Exactly. But Grace has been like, oh, you could steal her. You could steal her. I, I didn't say that. No, 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 no. Oh. Don't turn that. This, this that. is a don't third act plot twist. I whoa, did whoa, not whoa. see <laughs> coming. No, no, no. See, my, my thing is, is that supposedly they're best friends. And they often used to before talked about their own like dating things and they would like you know as best friends do show pictures and like be like oh you know we're going this place you know being open with each other about it and with this relationship that he has had he has not really mentioned the girlfriend only saying he only came ever over. saying like oh you know yeah I do have a girlfriend or like I do I'm dating this girl you know I'm dating her or maybe or I, I, it's not very clear it's only in moments where like it's just in random bursts and it's just like if you were actually dating a girl I what I think this is what I think I think that there is no other girl that no that oh we're getting into been. the deep conspiracy theory I think <laughs> I... there's no other girl and I think that it's just some random girl that he's like you know hanging out with but it's not serious it's not like them actually dating I okay. think it's fake because he's waiting for Maggie to see he's dateable <laughs> I have I feel... read this trope I have read this very right? okay come on Okay, it's, it's right there. I don't want to out him. So I'm so sorry. You know exactly who I'm talking about. If you are listening, I'm so sorry. Nobody knows who you are. You're never coming on the podcast because you never finished the book. But um, <laughs> okay, clarification. He said they were dating and then he came over and I asked him, oh, who's your girlfriend? And he told me, well, we've been talking since April we're not really dating yet. We're having our first date. Their first date is actually today. 
Um, Holy shit. <laughs> the timing. <laughs> so they've been right. talking. Right. They've been they've been like talking since April. But I was like under the assumption. Well, you've been talking since April. Yeah. <laughs> We've been talking for like a year, two years almost. But yeah, so I was under the assumption that he had a full-fledged girlfriend. So that's why I've been holding back because I'm like, oh, you've been dating somebody. Like you're going on dates and everything. But then he was like, he showed me like a picture of her from Instagram, not from his iPhone, which I thought I was know. interesting. So Thanks. yeah. If you're listening, I'm so sorry. If you're listening, I totally call your bullshit. Does she yeah. live in Canada? Does she have really nice bangs? <laughs> That's actually funny because we made a joke about him actually have a girlfriend who was Canadian one time. Oh my gosh. But yeah, uh, we... I, I think that this is that book trope of like fake relationship to get the girl of his dreams actually like, you know, Interested? aware. Well, I think so. I think that the plan stands where this podcast gives him all the information he needs to make an informed decision, decision. about his own life. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, nothing like, needs to come of it. I mean, yeah. I, I'm saying like nothing needs to come of it. You could literally just be like, hey, I do like you. Just letting you know, putting it. But I'm moving on soon. We're putting, we're putting on. this. It's, it's open, you know, just letting you know, I like you nothing has to come from this yeah. just want yeah. you to have the information probably won't come from it but do with that what you will right yeah it's totally balls in his court after you do that but you have to hit the ball into his court <laughs> yes so thank you perfect mixed sports metaphor so technically two weeks from today is when i'll text him because episode comes out next week so i'll text him this episode i'll send him the spotify link and i'll be like hey Listen to this whole thing. Tell we me what you think. Plan. Yeah. We have a plan. Yeah. We and he's if you're listening now still. Good job. Yes. You've done it. Go make I, a decision. I'm probably not gonna look at your text for like two weeks. <laughs> so and don't call me. I know you like to call me. Don't call me after you listen to this, please. See, I don't and she's talking right to him through the podcast. It's a hundred percent that she's gonna have to let him see this. Mm. But <sighs> the, the journey of a romance reader it's so great to see the stumbling blocks of their first you know what do you call it um opening and like flourishing of their romance yeah the beginning stages of it right um, this this podcast could be the inciting incident yeah oh my gosh this is, this... This is the love confession right mm. there. i don't love know love is a love. strong word yeah. i was about to say i, I meant attraction confession a confession how about that is yeah. that better An, a crush confession crush a crush confession confession, totally. a confession? yeah confession. i mean <laughs> will i send this to him we'll see oh I'll... if you don't i will i will i will a hundred percent i will i know for sure grace i'm probably gonna get messages from both of you in two weeks time asking did you send it did you send it yeah did you send it oh no i'm very invested <laughs> i will be following this as closely as i follow my favorite true crime reddits for sure <laughs> it now makes me nervous because you'll be I fine really... don't yeah. think about it just do it and send and then that's it you have jumped out of the plane once you send it just do thankfully it. i'm not gonna be home i'm gonna be traveling which is great so <laughs> yeah it gives yeah. tension build up so it's totally fine <laughs> but yeah so 
Sorry, guys. This podcast has taken a turn to, <laughs> from true crime and romance to actual real life yeah. plotting. So, <laughs> if you guys haven't already, make sure you guys go ahead and order uh, "Love in the Time of Serial Killers" by Alicia Thompson. It is certifiably going to be amazing and for all the true crime lovers and all romance lovers in general make sure you guys go out there and read it download it make sure you guys go to your local bookstore and get it because it's so good and all if you haven't seen the cover yet the cover is so beautiful Exquisite. i love it love it so much um alicia thank you so much for coming on this yes, has been thank you so great yes. yeah I- I, I need feel like somebody to help me. I was gonna say I feel like I was just uh, you know, kind of like recruited to be your ally in this situation. And I'm more than happy. I am more than happy to play that role. So just yeah. like a therapy session for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's an intervention. I feel like this was more of like this an was. intervention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we totally You guys at that. the beginning you were like, it's gonna be real chill, real low key. And then we were like, no, we're doing a full-on intervention, actually, is what we're doing. <laughs> We completely turned the tables around. Right. Yeah. Love well, that. thank you to all of our listeners who also have been supporting us and being able to allow us to connect with Berkeley to interview authors um, like Alicia. Um, so thank you so much to all of our listeners. Um, and thank you for coming on to our podcast and having this episode with us, which was I think it was a success. I mean, it we'll see in two weeks' fun. time. I was going to say, we're going to see how successful <laughs> it was. See. We're going to, I mean, there's metrics <laughs> on how successful this podcast episode was. Exactly. But thank you, everybody who has listened. And new schedule uploads we're doing every other week. So just because our schedules are really busy, I have grad school. Grace is a teacher. We, we just get busy. So yeah, we will have Hi. every other week episodes. So Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Alicia. 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 Thank you for coming on. And thank you yeah. for the intervention. And thank you all to all of our listeners. And we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Everybody. Bye.